All right, so I had this friend several years back who was just a buddy, didn't see him as anything more than a buddy. But then we okay. did like a one-on-one hangout because I was in his hometown for like a holiday and he was there and he's like, oh, I'll show you around. And by the end of that day, I was like, oh man, maybe this could be more. It was so fun. And he was such a gentleman, like paid for everything and had such oh a good gosh. time. And what probably didn't help is like I was with my cousins at the time staying with them. So they were like, oh my gosh, how was it? Like, could this be something? Totally They're hyped it up it for up. me. Yes. So then I leave that vacation with like a huge crush on this guy. And. Yeah, I am proud of myself. At some point, I did, like, tell him, like, hey, I have feelings for you. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on that? And he was so kind. Just said, like, that's so nice. I'm really flattered that you would, like, have feelings for me. I just want to be friends. And after that, we were able to, like, be friends. And it was such a good like pure friendship i feel like that doesn't wow. happen a lot after you like have feelings and yeah i feel like when i you put kept yourself out there that much. yeah and i did always like kind of have those feelings for him but yeah then he ended up moving eventually back to his hometown and we were able to like have a sweet goodbye and like just had a really kind friendship throughout I feel like that was such a great encouraging example he was to me of how like you could put yourself out there and be friends and we were okay we survived I survived you survived so perfect (laughs) well hey everybody my name is Matt and I'm Candice and this is Datology, a voice for Christian metropolitan dating. Where we collect honest stories for liberating wisdom. For discovering companionship. All right. That's what we're up to on this show. And uh, yeah, today's episode is all about uh, kind of the whole mysterious uh, gray world of friendship and dating and what happens when you got feelings toward a friend or uh. you, you're friend zoned or all of these things. And we're just going to share some of our thoughts. Yeah. Speak to some stories from our own lives as well as uh, some of the stories we've heard from friends of ours. And Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and I'm excited for this episode. Yeah, me too. We actually had a couple of listeners that have like uh, messaged us asking to do this episode at some point. So I'm glad that we're finally getting around to it. And. I think it's a fun one where there's been a lot of heartache in my life from having crushes on friends. And then for both of us, we'll get into our stories of how we married the people that we were friends and had crushes yeah, on. Yeah, so. totally. So, I mean, uh, the uh, the classic will they, won't they question, which is uh, the hallmark of any good sitcom, by the way, <laughs> as well as basically every good romantic comedy. Um <laughs> I think it has uh, it, it has like infused our uh, our culture at large with like the romantic curiosity uh, uh, that is associated with every friendship. That's you know? true. Uh, because in, in most of, of those movies, they do end up together. Wait, could you say that again? In most of those movies, they do end up together. Oh, yeah, exactly. Right. So I think so we have that narrative. Yeah. Just like in our heads. Yeah. This is supposed to work out. This yeah. Supposed to work out. Yeah. And uh, and so I I could see how 
as a result, like a lot of these people who are friends with, you know, to, you know, like the, this kind of like camaraderie and, uh, you know, kinship and, you know, all these kinds of things uh, that don't feel romantic at all, how easy it is to wonder, oh man, is this a person who I'd, you know, want to, want to kiss or make out with or get married Mm -hmm. to or whatever right is this person a good partner for my life like Mm -hmm. is there some sort of romantic possibility here Mm -hmm. and uh and i just think uh it's part of the difficulty that is in in the whole scheme of things when it comes to friendship and dating yeah is that there's an underlying question of will will we or won't we yeah be an item Mm mm-hmm what else are you seeing? Oh, gosh. Well, it's so interesting because even as you say that, I just like have all of these thoughts about my own life. And I think those stories have not been helpful in a lot of the ways that I dated growing up. And then I think my mom, who I love mm-hmm. so dearly, and friends totally feed into that where, you know, you're yes. like, have just that buddy who feels like a buddy that you like to spend time with. And it takes that one friend to be like, oh, I saw the way they looked at you. And then it just, this oh, little man. seed gets planted in your head or your heart. They're inceptioning you. Yes. And then all of a sudden you start seeing that person different. And then you, they're like, oh, wear this outfit. And then you're, you know, posturing for them. And all of a sudden a you have this huge crush that's like built out of nowhere. Oh. And it complicates things. It's like, it, oh, now I got to kind of peacock about this and yeah. like put myself on display in a different kind of way when before it was clear and simple. Right. You know, like, this is my pal. We like hanging out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we hang out with this group of people, whatever, no big deal. But uh, I agree. Like, I would say one layer of what's going on along with this, like, this kind of. Uh, thing that has been infused into our ideology as human beings mm-hmm. is like this romanticism ideology yeah. of like everything sh- I should be looking for the romantic potential in it all. Uh, another piece is this social pressure piece. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I've definitely been in friend groups where uh, I'm like, oh gosh, like I'm I'm feeling like maybe there could be something here, but maybe not. Uh, but also my friends are really talking up to it. I, mm-hmm. I've been in those exact situations. And I've also been in situations where like, oh, this uh, person in our friend group. Um, yeah, she dated one of my best friends. Ugh. So I, I can't go there yeah. with that one because uh, I value my friendship with my best pal sure. a little bit too much to right. uh, put that on the line. Right. So that's like another dynamic that's mm-hmm. uh, going on here. Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. man. It's so tricky. It's so tricky. It is. Yeah. I'm curious if, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, I know I'm going to put you on the spot here with this okay. question, but, you, you know, it. you're our resident uh, marriage and family therapist yes. on, on this episode. Mm-hmm. And uh, that means <laughs> on every episode, on actually. Episode. <laughs> <laughs> on this show. And, um, and that means I... Uh, you know, like uh, I, I deeply respect and trust your ability to just kind of like see what's going on in mm-hmm. a psychological world with people and, mm-hmm. you know, what's going into that with folks. And um, I was wondering if you could just even speak to some of the psychology of friendship, um, mm-hmm. if anything comes to mind, like is um, and what might differentiate the psychology of friendship from the psychology of, uh, you know, romantic partnership. 
mm-hmm. um, and dating, I don't know if anything comes to mind, but you know, what, what would you say would be some difference between these two things? It's a really good question. Well, I think just basic, like friendships are built on um, like common interests and connection that don't have the extra like physiological factor of yeah like emotion and sexual charge mm-hmm. which because we're human and if we're talking about i mean i i think most of our episodes we are focusing on you know heterosexual couples and so when you mm-hmm. have an opposite sex dynamic there ca- that yeah. charge could happen yeah kind of on one end or both ends at some point of the you know interactions and experiences and i think that's Mm. what switches it um i think my guess is for a lot of the situations where people are listening that they didn't go into it hoping that it would be romantic first that usually you become friends with someone purely on the basis of we you know go to the same church we work at the same place we're having lunch together. Yeah. We're having a good time. We have a casual yeah. relationship. We have friends in common. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then something, something shifts. Yeah. And I think so, some of that is the like curiosity or pheromones or there's just like some yeah unlocked door that wasn't tapped into initially that somehow gets opened up. Yeah. Yes, and that yes, changes yes. everything because now that you don't just go into those interactions the way you would with any other friend, there's yeah. all this secret hope and reading in between the lines and build up. I think what you're saying about how things become charged rings so true to me um, because, you know, there's like a, for the people that I'm friends with, there's a simple clarity of friendship, right? There's not some big big behind the scenes question going on about uh like again the will will we or won't we thing Mm -hmm. right but um when i think about like uh you know like the the folks that um i i have been friends with or or and then it kind of shifts over there's usually um a lot of anxiety that gets added Mm. to the mix at that stage right where now there's a massive unanswered question. And because there's a massive unanswered question, I am hyper-conscious of everything that might sure. give me some sort of answer to that question. Sure. So yeah. everything that uh, previously might have been no big deal, I'm like, is that a signal? You know? Is that... <laughs> are, are, is, am, is she giving me some vibes right, right now? yeah. Or, which and, is the risky uh, part of having a crush on a friend. Yes. Is it adds a different layer and all of a sudden your friendship can't just be a pure friendship now. Like there needs to be an answer to that question to either move mm-hmm. into dating or to, I don't know, get that watered down and go back <laughs> yeah, into yeah. just a friend zone. The charge needs to go somewhere. Right. right? Yes. Like It's kind of like static electricity. It's just like I need to ground myself. Uh, and, you know, maybe I'll have a little shock. Mm. Kind of like uh, this happened last night. I was at a little party and I just brushed elbows with somebody by accident. Uh. And we, it just like some stranger. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, 
our uh, our static electricity it just like shocked both of us and it was just like oh how weird like (laughs) how how strange that that happened and uh but but i think like it needs to go somewhere right like this the charge needs to go somewhere and it might feel like an initial shock to have that conversation with a friend or or sort it out for yourself you know internally whatever that Mm -hmm. might look like sort it out with other friends right um but this brings me back to the social pressure yeah when you start talking to your friends about yeah maybe there's some curiosity around this friend um i think there's a whole another dynamic mm-hmm. that gets introduced to it where uh you have it um it puts a little bit more on the line mm-hmm. i would say because it makes it that much more real that it's yeah. been expressed Right. It creates a life of its own that actually has nothing to do with the other person, which is yeah. it's like it's dangerous because it fuels your fire without having an impact on theirs. But it feels like because the energy of other people are involved, that somehow yeah. something is happening and growing. Yeah. When it's not. I mean, unless there's right. something between you and that person and a dialogue or some encounter that's moving you forward, talking with your friends and them encouraging you or interpreting conversations yeah. with you, it's not having impact on that other person. You know, that's a really good point. I don't think I've ever seen that as clearly as you just put it just now, which is that if I start talking to my other friends, uh, you know, about about so-and-so, right? And how she she's a friend who I'm maybe interested in or something them um it actually uh lends credence to that you know on an imaginary level yes. actually on the, just on the level of my thinking about it yes like there is something there that much more yes but i think it's just really important to parse out um like I, I, because it can add to the charge right it can add to the charge of the situation and make it feel that much more like it's a thing right when Actually, I think you're so wise in saying it. No, it's still not a thing. It's still equally as much not a thing. Which I think if uh, we're like breaking this down for people, okay, great. Like when you have an emotion, go to a friend, like seek out some kind of like wisdom or feedback from somebody. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I've been, you know, hanging out with Joey and Joey seems to be, you know, spending more time with me and I'm interested. What do you think? Okay, so you want someone's feedback and maybe a friend says like, oh, he does that to everyone. Okay, that's good information to have. Or they (laughs) might feed into it like, oh, wow, you guys be so great together. I think that's a a fine like preliminary step, but it can't end there. And I think my encouragement and I think, you know, we'll build into this more is that needs to lead into like going to have a conversation with Joey and saying like, I really like hanging out with you and you know I've realized that I've been excited to see you does yeah. that mean anything to you do you want to like spend some time together yeah because I yeah, think when yeah. it's built over time without any clarity I think more problems can arise because your your feelings develop and right. you're doing it on your own like it's not a mutual process right right and and so what i'm hearing in that is um if we're thinking about things possibly becoming romantic with a friend a pretty crucial layer to that 
is that it is brought into some sort of conversation with a friend mm-hmm. or is av- is given uh, a place to kind of decharge, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, and probably a place, you know, maybe maybe friends, mutual friends aren't the best place for this because they've kind of got too much on the line sure. for it. Um, maybe that's the place for the therapist or the, uh, you know, the the wise mentor in your life, whoever that might be. Um, but, but somebody who can be slightly more impartial and kind of be a place where you can put it without, without over egging it on Mm -hmm. or over discouraging it, you know, Mm -hmm. but can just let it be and let it, let some of the anxiety of it out, you know? Um, so I guess that's a, another tip of my hat to marriage and family therapists, Candace, (laughs) you know, so good at that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think so. Yeah. So like part of we so far we've been talking about some of this anxiety about like the mm-hmm. shift from friend to um, a romantic partner or something or exploring or dating. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> what uh, one other piece that's coming to mind is uh, the idea of the friend zone. Yeah. Right. So uh, wh- what are you seeing going on there? Like what what have you noticed or experienced or heard from people? <laughs> Oh gosh, an infinite friend zone. Well, gosh, where do I start? I feel like with that, there's so many different ways that someone can like feel zoned in. I think in an unhelpful way is like when you just like don't, well, it's okay not to see someone like sexually and just want to be friends with them. I think what's hard is when those conversations aren't had. Hmm. Like if someone just treats you like with a lot of distance or like Hmm. does the like, oh, buddy, buddy, you know, like language with you to create distance without just saying like, oh, I think you might have feelings for me and I don't have feelings for you. And I just want to stay friends. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was talking with a friend of mine the other day and um she has felt friend zoned uh kind of on a regular basis and she was just describing to me how hard that has felt for Mm her right and i gotta man i i've been thinking about it a lot um just because she's my friend and i care about her um and what she described was how often she um she has felt like there have been some guys in her life who really uh appreciate her friendship like want to hang out want to be connected and to the point where um she has felt emotionally used Mm. uh by these dudes and has has just kind of like uh wondered just like when yeah like when is it gonna pan out like Mm -hmm. basically that like i somebody who is actually my friend will also want to date me yeah you know and somebody who wants this level of emotional connection also wants to date me and uh we had a really interesting conversation about it which you know i I don't know if i handled all that great uh when it comes down to it so i'll probably need to talk to her more about it but um some of my thoughts around that are um uh i think when it comes to the the 
the friend zone, so to speak, in this sense of like a person uh, feeling emotionally used by another person. Uh, you know, I, I have two two sides to that. Um, one is like, uh, what is this dude doing or thinking or believing? And also, uh, you know, for for my friend who's feeling emotionally used, what are what is she mm-hmm. thinking or believing or doing? You know, and I think the more that we can all be in this place of, um, I don't know, take an inventory of that stuff the better and some of my thoughts about what what deep beliefs might be going on in this is one is the romanticizing of uh of the world that we we live in we live just like in a culture where every story that we're told is basically a story of uh, exactly what you're saying friends that eventually start dating and fall in love mm-hmm. and you know first they were or co-workers enemies. and then they fell in love <laughs> yeah or for, for, you know first they were fighting each other yeah. on uh you know opposite superhero teams right. and then they were in love right and it's just like those kinds of things and um and i just like i th- i think i i want us to deeply believe um that that like friendship is a great thing Mm -hmm. and and friendship does involve emotional connection to another person and we all gotta have like how like how you said in that little mini episode we all gotta have our boundaries with that and know like what's what's too much for us which is a great question that you're thinking about with you know the girl and these different men dynamic because yeah great friendship has a role and it does include connection and Mm -hmm. if we're going into friendships with the hope of romance or we don't have clear boundaries we might be slipping into other territory that isn't just meant to be for friends that you are emotionally leaning on someone as a romantic partner you know Mm -hmm. in a way that doesn't match the situation or they're doing that to you or you're you know, overly making yourself available to people and they're coming to you for their, you know, problems and for when they're lonely or, you know, all these different things and you become their sole, you know, emotional support system. And then that does feel really tricky versus being able to like, oh, you're someone I hang out with and someone that I enjoy and someone that yeah because you're not my partner you don't get to fill all of those roles hmm yeah yeah so i think that's a really important like distinction to like ask people to make with themselves as you are getting in these situations are there boundaries that need to be made you know i think conversations probably that need to be had with right with people and and then also making sure that we're having appropriate relationships with people in our lives and we're not expecting yeah. or giving inappropriately. Yeah, you know, and, and I think that's it. Like, I, I think it's easy to uh, to give inappropriately to a level of resentment, right? Mm. Where I'm like, oh, dang, I am, I am giving so much to this relationship with this person and they're not giving much back. Mm-hmm. Like... Uh, in terms of emotional connection or, you know, practical help, you know, mm-hmm. as a friend or whatever, or fun, uh, whatever those, you know, metrics might be, mm-hmm. right? 
and um and where where i think my um that conversation with that friend went i think she very wisely uh identified so long as everybody's in a really giving place mm. with a friendship of like hey i'm excited to to give and be of service to this person um and there's a mutuality there i think there's room for um some kind of there's there's room for flourishing there in a different kind of way uh, in the friendship where it i don't think it necessarily like even needs to become romantic or anything mm-hmm. like that like there's just a an understanding and maybe that's a, an understanding that actually still needs to be defined mm. is uh i think you're wise in identifying like yeah maybe maybe some of our our friends like especially if we're aware that it could be interpreted a different way we just you know have to awkwardly broach the topic and say like hey you know what like i love being friends with you Mm -hmm. it's awesome and um yeah this is really cool um i want i want to like keep being friends and like really cherish this and whatever and it leads me to the question just like yeah candace like how how do you imagine that conversation going really well um that like like hey i i actually really value this friendship and i'm and i'm not trying to make something romantic happen right so i have a story of that so i have a friend who we actually had gone on a date um and so this might be a slightly different start but we'd gone on a date and then decided to just stay friends and we lived in different places but we're talking on the phone pretty frequently and um, texting and we had a conversation at a certain point of can we just be friends without Mm -hmm. any sexual tension and know that it was never going to become more than friends and it was such a good conversation i think very freeing because one we were both honest with each other at that like we didn't want more than a friendship and knowing that that wasn't an opportunity could Mm -hmm. just create this space okay so our friendship like we can engage with each other knowing that there's no hidden secret agenda ever that someone's going to change their mind and want this to be romantic and Mm -hmm. that was a great conversation we're on the same page we're able to move into our friendship with a lot of freedom yeah and one thing that's come to my mind over and over again as we were prepping for this topic was like honesty like you have to be honest with yourself and the other person first yeah you have to be because if i was in that conversation secretly hoping that one day he would fall in love with me it's not genuine i'm not being fair to myself Mm -hmm. or to him and if i couldn't have just a friendship i needed to say that i needed to say actually i can't promise that romantic relationships won't build up with you and i so maybe that means i can't be that close of a friend with you yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense just just thinking of this like yeah i I don't think i can do that with you you know thing that that comes up sometimes Mm -hmm. when people have these honest conversations about friendship um that can be a hard thing to hear uh especially if if a person has kind of like you know put some charge and some charges built up romantically Mm -hmm. in this and there's like all this romantic curiosity that's been piqued and maybe uh yeah i think it does almost become like a breakup or like a rejection yeah and that is hard it's painful 
But it's mm-hmm. it's honest, and that's where you know I think I'll consistently throughout this episode just say I want for people to have these conversations sooner. If you have feelings and you feel like, gosh, like I am falling in love with this person, or I want more from them, at that point you've you've crossed a new terrain, and now you need to say that to the person. Hmm. You know, yeah. I I am not just looking at you purely as a friend. I'm having other feelings. What do you think about that? Yeah. Or I w- here, here's my belief about that yes. is you either you either need to say that to them or you need to account for it in some way in your life and kind mm. of like um, handle it. And, and I actually think it's I, I think it's a really like legitimate thing to just be like, oh, man, I feel like I'm maybe developing some romantic feelings towards this person. I don't want to do that because mm. I really uh, like I really love this friendship mm-hmm. so much that I think I'm just going to like put that on hold for a while, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm going to account for that in my own, you know, my own prayer, my own therapy, wh- whatever. Like, I'm just going to like store that away mm-hmm. for a while and uh, and kind of just make the commitment to be this person's friend. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's like a real legitimate possibility. Uh, in this as well as the uh, like okay I need to clear this up with this person mm-hmm. I need to talk to them about my feelings towards them all of that yeah I right? think that is a great option if like if you have thought about it and decided that I, I'm not going to do anything with this yep. like okay I have feelings yep. for this person maybe it's a coworker who's not a Christian and I don't see this going anywhere I yeah. just want to value the person for they are and keep our relationship intact <clears throat> I think that's totally. then that's a great choice and option to then kind of have to manage your feelings and you know continue dating and try to right to move on and and capture your own thoughts in the moment and make sure that you're not building things up and able to stay present and in the moment. Yeah, yeah, totally. I have a little bit of a story connected to this. I remember when I first moved up to SF. Um, you know, within a few months of moving up here, uh, I started taking improv classes and just like loved it, loved it. And I started getting connected to um, this woman in my improv class and she wasn't a follower of Jesus or anything, but she was just like really funny and, and kind and all these things, right? Like just really incredible person. And I started to like develop feelings for her and we would hang out and um, eventually it swings around that like whoa there's some there's some mutual romantic tension here for sure and uh and in some ways i'm getting a little freaked out because you know i'm a minister at a church and uh and i was getting these vibes because she just has like a different different worldview different you know moral compass Mm uh i was like oh whoa she like she actually like wants to I don't know. She wants to go farther, quicker, you know, and, uh, you know, and we, we never kissed her anything even like that. But like, it was just this feeling of like, uh, I I was feeling some anxiety, like this holding back the floodgates Mm. sort of feeling Mm -hmm. and, uh, like, okay, am I going to hop in on this or am I not, you know? And I was feeling like legitimately tempted toward it. But eventually it became very clear. Um, like, you know what? 
I like I like taking improv classes with her, but I don't really see this going anywhere. And it led to a uh, conversation actually on my sister's stoop in San Francisco. Uh, it's a great stoop. And it's a great stoop. Excellent stoop. And uh, we're sitting there because uh, I was staying the night at my sister's house that night. And it just felt like a, um, it was it was a good conversation where we got to um, name what was going on like hey we're both kind of feeling this stuff mm-hmm. aren't we huh whoa well what do we do with that yep. and then i get to be clear with her about like you know what um i've been i've been kind of racking my brain about this a little bit and my faith is of utmost importance to mm-hmm. me like maximum maximum importance to me and uh like you're you're not a follower of Jesus and that I that's a big deal and I'm I'm not trying to disrespect you or anything but that's a pretty massive yeah. uh, bridge to gap uh, and um, yeah and and that kind of like it I sort of just doesn't actually seem very doable right. for me um, and it was tough because we both like really got along and mm-hmm. totally had chemistry and all that uh, but we had to uh, we had to have that conversation and a hard part about the conversation was just like you know what I would be fine you know us being different faiths and uh, and giving this a shot mm-hmm. but I kind of had to be in my integrity yeah. with it and say hey I'm sorry well, that's such a hard one I think so much of the wisdom there is playing the tapes forward and yeah. in the moment, and I think what we see on TV a lot is like, oh, just, you know, just live into it, you know, like seize yeah. the day and to just go, you know, forward. And what's wise about playing the tapes ahead is there's a lot of heartache that comes with pairing up with people where there's, you know, uh, incompatibilities with our value mm-hmm. systems with our beliefs there's lots of different um times that yeah. moving forward with someone can lead to a lot of pain yes for them yeah. for us and taking mm-hmm. up a lot of our time and yeah yeah i um i'm glad you shared that story i i would like to transition a bit to talking about like when it works yeah so like if if you're uh, kind of becoming friends with somebody, hitting something off, and and like, oh, it actually, this is actually playing out pretty well. Yeah, because it that does happen. Mm-hmm. And I think the like asterisks I want to put in before we segue into that section is people get together in so many different ways. I think sometimes we hear a story and then we like project it onto our story, and we're like, okay, so this can happen. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. people fall in love in every different way. So yeah. everything, yes, can happen, and your story will unfold once, like, it's confirmed and unfolds. Exactly, So I don't exactly. want to give anyone, so, some, like, false hope either. Exactly, exactly. So, like, when, you know, both of us have stories in common of, like, being friends with people and then starting to date them and, and all that. Mm-hmm. And as we get into it, there's it's not like, hey, so here's the formula, everybody. Right. 
it's not we're not saying this is now prescriptive or anything like right. that. Right. Well, Lord because knows, for the one person that I married, there were uh, lots of handfuls of friends that I had crushes on that did not work out. A lot of sure. rejections. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's good to put in the mix. Yeah. Yes. But it so, is yeah, would- fun to be able to to share, I don't know, our stories and with my husband we were just like pure 100 percent friends first can i jump into the story is that okay yes please okay. please um i'm excited to share it on air um so with my husband we played soccer together and i remember meeting him for the first time like he was kind of cute but like nothing you know just another person on the field played a couple soccer games and then um, our team would like practice together and like we went to like a soccer game. Um, so throughout all these times, him and I started hanging out more and more. And I was just drawn to him. He was like easy to talk to, really easy to be with, um, and really enjoyable. And one night I had like extra tickets to a concert and him and I were talking and I was going to take a guy I was dating, but then wasn't really into that guy anymore so i told my husband like oh like if you want to come i have an extra ticket whatever and we actually like went after night church and i had him like leave a few minutes before i left because i didn't want people to like get the wrong idea oh my gosh that's (laughs) a little absurd (laughs) candace that's a little extra we left church early and i just didn't want people to like (laughs) think something was happening Because he wasn't, you know, I wasn't dating him. I just wanted him to be my buddy. But shortly after, we were like, we had a great time at that concert and started hanging out more. And I was about to go to Costa Rica and he had just gone to Costa Rica. So, like, he was helping me with, like, planning stuff. Mm -hmm. And then on my way to Costa Rica, I was flying with my friend Emily, who we've done an episode with before. Um, And I think we recorded that episode right before her and I went. And uh, yeah. I was like, I can't stop thinking about this guy. Like, I just have so much fun with him. And as her and I were talking, she was like, I don't know, maybe you should think about, like, exploring it more. And when I was in Costa Rica, him and I talked, like, every night on the phone. Just, I've hmm. never done that, like, traveling internationally. But yeah, I told him while I was there, like, I want to leave a little window open that I hadn't friend-zoned him. And I wasn't like confident to have him friend zone me and if he was interested i wanted to like just keep that window open and he was like okay and so so we did we started dating and quickly fell in love and Hmm. got married so I don't know. That's yeah. like when it can work out well. And I never I think what was fun about that for me looking back is I didn't see him as like dating material. So it was really pure getting to know him and developing that relationship. Mm-hmm. And then once yes. those feelings had like cultivated, I felt like I don't really confident that I like like this person had substance and was a man of character and. Yeah. To yeah, that's forward. good. And I'm so glad he did too. Because mm. that could have gone another way. And you risk it, you know, you're like, okay, we might never be friends again, but. Yeah. Worth a try. Yeah. Totally. Totally. 
I love hearing that. And I, rem- I remember like as that was all materializing uh, for you too. And um, I remember w- we were at like a random little datology uh, happy hour That's event right. that we were hosting in San Francisco. And this was back when you two, you two were pals and, yeah, you know, playing soccer together and whatnot. And, uh, and I was, I was noticing like a degree of like friendliness plus, you know, in how you two interacted. It just seemed like there was really good. Um, yeah. I don't just like a, a really sweet connection that, that seemed really nice. And uh, I remember going into that, you were telling me about some guy and, you know, you were, you know, maybe going to go on a date with or something mm-hmm. like that. And then I remember asking, it was just like, oh, what was that? Him? Right. Um, and you were just like, oh, no, 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 not him. Yeah. No but way. It's so funny <laughs> to see how this all swings back around. Right. Um, yeah. So, I, I mean, uh, such a great story, beautiful story. And um, such an example of like how, how sometimes like when, one friendship turns into romance there's a bit of surprise mm-hmm. with it too mm-hmm. like definitely it's like well i i don't know if i actually really saw that coming i i had actually just kind of thought this person was my my pal and that was it you know mm-hmm. wow yeah so that's the encouragement of yeah sometimes we have crushes on people and i i want people to be honest not just to like guard their hearts and to clarify things but also to clarify things to see what is there and you never know if the other person is feeling it too yeah yeah definitely yeah you never really know mm-hmm. you know uh to hop into my story like uh, um yeah me and uh my now wife uh yeah we were uh friends way back in college and um so we were friends for like 10 years you know just like we would live in different places uh, around the United States, live in different cities, but whenever we were in each other's cities, we'd make it a point to hang out and have a meal or something like that. And we had uh, such a fun time connecting and we'd like pray together and we'd, you know, like go have a drink or go have a meal or whatever. And um, and it, it was always like this place of um, mutual safety, uh yeah like such such fun mm. together too like and uh eventually um i remember somebody in my like church small group here we were talking about dating as a small group and she she just asked the question which was like uh what if that person who like you get to date is already in your life Mm -hmm. maybe they're not out there somewhere Mm -hmm. to discover via some app or via some you know chance encounter you know at the uh, farmer's market or blah 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 like all these (laughs) uh, other romance stories that exist and uh just having that question asked me what if they're already in your life uh reopened my eyes to all of these amazing uh female friends that I have and um and I was just I I was I just like considered I was just like oh man would I really want to see anything happen mm. here like I mean who knows but uh yeah my wife Lindsay was at, at the top of that list and uh like 
chance things happen. She reaches out to me randomly. We reach back. I turn into FaceTime calls and FaceTime calls. At the time, she's living in New York, and I'm out in SF. And uh, and it was so fun to to just talk and talk mm-hmm. and talk for hours and hours and hours on FaceTime. And uh, I was like in the deliberation of like, do I want to try to make something happen mm-hmm. here? I had personally sworn to never date long distance again. <laughs> and uh, and I was just in this mode of like, you know what? I've been I've been over limiting mm-hmm. myself. I have not been like living in freedom around this. So how about if I just give this a shot and whatever. So we're talking on FaceTime and we talk about, uh, we talk, we joke around for a long time. Then we catch up for a while and then we're talking, uh, uh, theology and, uh, really abstract concepts. And then it gets like emotionally vulnerable and intimate. And then I just pause the conversation and I'm just like, what's going on here Mm. this is so good this is so good like we've we've got all of these like points of connection like we've been friends for such a long time like like are you ever exploring this like can we just give this a shot and see if there there might be something Mm. here you know and she uh, she had lots of practical questions like how's that going to work long distance and we (laughs) talked through all of those and it was good and I had a plan (laughs) coming into it (laughs) and uh yeah, and it, um, you know, little by little, it became clear for her to, um, that, like, we were really into this, and um, she was going to move out to San Francisco uh, after her her job finished up in New York, her contract and stuff, and then, uh, you know, we continued friendship, but uh, eventually got engaged, got married, you know, it, it's been amazing. Uh, and again, I, as I tell this story, I'm not trying to tell anything as, as prescriptive or like this is just a sample of how this stuff right. has happened. You yeah. know, um, but the thing that stands out to me about that in the face of our topic, like dating and friendship is I think I got to experience how dating is just another kind of friendship. Mm. Um, and I think that's a, a conviction that I've come to believe, mm. which is the more that I can treat dating as a kind of friendship, um, the, you know, there's clear difference, but, but if I treat the people I date, how I want to treat my friends, you know, that's exciting. That's really cool. And that's like meaningful for everybody involved. Right. Cause who doesn't want to have a friend, a really good friend and who, who doesn't want to be friends with their partner yeah. or their spouse or the person that they're dating for, you know, a month, yeah. right? Like no matter what, like you want to be friendly. Yeah. And, which, uh, yes, which I think is why this whole topic becomes an issue for probably everybody is you mm-hmm. want to marry your best friend. And you hear that over and over like, oh, I marry my best friend. And yeah. I think when you start to become best friends with someone who's attractive and the opposite sex, it's so tempting to wonder like, oh, is it, are you my best friend that I get to marry? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think probably the other way around that it goes is you marry somebody and they become your best friend. Mm. That's probably the other way that it happens, too. Like, I could just see that happening just because, like, you know, you live together and you're just always around each other and you make plans together all the time and whatever. Like, uh, I could see how that could happen as well. Uh, So no matter what, I think I would want to see any person who is dating somebody seriously 
to feel like the the friendship between them and that person is mm. um, is uh, increasing it's all the so time. Good. You know? I think that's yeah. such a good question because I don't know how often like that's asked in relationships. Like, oh, how is your friendship? And yeah. I think even that simple question for some people out there, if you thought about your relationship, you might answer like, oh, they're a terrible friend. Mm-hmm. And that's really enlightening to realize. Like sometimes we, got, we get caught up in relationship and emotion yeah. and we don't stop and think like, oh, yeah, this person isn't loyal or they're not trustworthy or they're not fun to be right, around right, right. or we fight all of the time. Yeah, not reliable. We don't have that much in common. Right. Like, so on and so yeah. forth. Right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, as we're wrapping mm-hmm. up this episode, um, one of the things that I'd love to do is just do a, a slight little, you know, biblical spiritual reflection Please. around friendship. And um, when I think about the life of Jesus, uh, one of the things that stands out to me, like he has these disciples, but he was in such deep, beautiful friendship with them. And uh, in particular with like John uh, kind of reclining together mm-hmm. in intimate connection, like deep, deep pals, deep comfort with one another. Uh, you know, I think in that culture, it was a little different from our modern culture. I feel like dudes don't really touch each other that much in modern American culture, but back then it, it was different. Uh, and it, it stands out to me thinking about the way that Jesus was a friend was, um, there are a few components to it. One was, uh, like regular closeness, like, let's let's be in the same space often right uh let's like share time uh a second is uh, emotional connection mm-hmm. like we're gonna be we're gonna be open about our lives with one another i'm gonna know you and you're gonna know me and i think that's like very much on display thinking of jesus's uh friendship with peter even like hey i know you so well that i know that you're gonna be tempted to deny me three times uh, like I don't, I don't think that was a supernatural thing mm. Jesus was doing in that moment. Uh, I, I think he just like knew Peter mm. and knew the kind of temptations he was susceptible to. Maybe calling three, you know, that was a little supernatural. And the crow. But yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that, that's legit. Uh, but part of it, I think, arises out of him just mm. like I just know Peter. Um, and then. The third thing that I think about that makes for really beautiful friendships when I think uh, about how it's shown in Jesus and the lives of the disciples is that they're really on a mission together. Mm -hmm. You know, they have a purpose beyond themselves that they're about together. And uh, and that purpose that Jesus says that he was uh, like all about is, uh, you know, healing and setting the captives free and declaring the Lord uh, the year of the Lord's favor and all of these things like being agents of grace mm-hmm. in the world and um, and what I see so beautiful about that life with uh, between Jesus and his disciples is that not only did they have face-to-face relationship they also had this side by side like we're gonna link arms mm-hmm. and we're gonna be about this thing together and we're going to make something happen together. And we'll, we'll travel the kind of ancient m- middle, middle East to make this happen. And, uh, and 
now we are living we are like literally living in the fruit of the friendship of Jesus and his disciples as followers of Jesus like us in San Francisco in the 21st century we have heard the gospel of Christ because there is such clear uh, friendship on a mission mm-hmm. and connection on a mission and so as we're um, thinking about friendship I just want to like toss out that encouragement mm-hmm. of like that's what we get to yeah. do when we're friends that's, right. um, that's really good Okay, I want to throw one caveat out there because I just like heard in my head and maybe it's like years and years of growing up in like the evangelical church, but like, but should men and women be friends? And I feel like there are people out there that like would listen to our episode and think that we are like, you know, totally off our rockers and that it's not safe for men and women to be friends. And I just want to speak to that thought because I agree with what you're saying. And as believers and especially as Christians, we get to define what friendship is and we get to like live a life that's congruent. And Mm -hmm. if you are someone who like has a problem overly sexualizing, you know, the opposite sex or over romanticizing, Uh Maybe having yeah. friends with the opposite sex is going to be difficult for you and you need healing in those areas. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if you're being honest with yourself and you can be in the same room with someone and enjoy them, then there's no reason to stigmatize it. There's no reason right. to make more of it. And I think our friendship, you know, throughout this episode, I've been thinking how much it's a good testament to that. Like our mm. friendship has been very pure and we've been able to work together yeah, you and. Me, and yeah you know, like value each other's skills and spend a lot of time mm-hmm. together and have these intimate conversations. And there's yeah. a container and it's safe and we get to yeah. go about our lives and, you know, we fell in love with people mm-hmm. and we got married and we can cheer each other on. Yeah. And um, and I think that's such a, has been such a good example of how, yes, you can be friends with opposite sex and partner together and do it well and it be safe. But be honest with yourself, and if it doesn't feel safe, address those issues with, you know, a counselor or with a friend or pastor. Because mm. it's yeah. real, because for some people, they're not able to do that in different seasons of their lives. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's really true. And, yeah, I, I agree with uh, with that and the, the call to self-awareness with that, which is like, oh, yeah, do I tend to romanticize every relationship that I'm in? Mm-hmm. Like, you know what like just know that about yourself like and no problem seriously like grace to it no problem um you can sort that out with the lord and he is faithful Mm -hmm. to like complete a good work in you to if that is a place that like feels like it's stuck in you like he he's probably got a journey planned for you to like get unstuck from that right right and i bless that from people yeah and and maybe that means dude I, I push pause on some of my uh, friendships with people that I'm, right. I'm finding myself consistently attracted to or right. that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I think that's so wise. And something I'd shared with you before is there was a time when I chose not to date for like six months or something. And mm-hmm. during that season, I realized how much freedom I was having in my male friendships because I realized yeah. I was taking away all of the questioning and possibility and romanticism and it made me aware of how much i was doing it before and how much i was encountering oh, yeah. every guy as a oh could you be you know so 
someone special in my life. And it was tainting Mm -hmm. a lot of my interactions. And I I totally believe that. Yeah, it was so helpful for me to just see. And then there was so much freedom. And, oh, I can just talk to you as a human being and not have this layer of, you know, sexual sexualization, romanticism, which I think, unfortunately, we're just like spoon fed from our culture all the time. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, there isn't necessarily, I I think, a harm if you have it. It's just realizing like, oh, yeah, Disney, my whole life has told me that this prince would come. And how much is that saturated in my unconscious? How much have I been playing that out, you know, with my Barbie dolls when I was a kid? And right. And that's still stuck with me, you know, later in life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think. I think you're giving such a good example of what it looks like to practically respond Mm. to the realization of like, you know, being, being kind of too caught up in romanticism or, or eroticism, sexualization of things, um, which is take a break, Mm -hmm. like completely push pause on it. Um, I think God is super honored when we like set aside consecrated time for fasting Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and so as it pertains to this topic, exactly what you said, which is like, like God, I'm, uh, I, I know multiple people who have done this to, to very positive results, which is like, God, I'm going to consecrate a year or I'm going to consecrate six months where like, um, I, I am not going to entertain romantic thoughts. Mm-hmm. Right. And inevitably they can't come up and that's no big deal mm-hmm. like it's not like oh you failed so give up on it it's just like like no now i'm just gonna let that pass through me and not mm-hmm. like kind of meander around in in those thoughts because Definitely. i made this commitment to the and lord for these six I months i have done yeah. this with a number of my clients and mm. there are times that with some people that set aside time so many uh, attractive available humans will come <laughs> their way <laughs> and even yeah. though there was a lot of temptation it's really cool to see how like yes that god still works with that and because there is a time set aside that as those people come they're thinking through it and doing things differently and realizing yeah. their patterns and um, right yeah which is so valuable yeah. Totally, totally. It can be um, a really welcome break, actually, from the romanticizing, sexualizing yeah. uh, kind of force that that lives in us sometimes. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and and so all these like attractive people who start coming around mm-hmm. when you're on your your dating fast or whatever. Well, hey, we've got some new friends yeah, right. <laughs> who we can who we can connect with, right? Yeah. That's awesome. It's as simple as that. Yeah. So, um, well. Candice, you have any uh, final thoughts as we're finishing this up? I think uh, so. I would just like say to our listeners, thank you for listening. And in this episode, I think we, you know, have touched on a lot of different parts of having crushes on the people that we're friends with. Um, I think my hope as people have just like heard a lot of our anecdotal stories is that like just to be able to check in with your heart and I think one thing we mentioned was like motivations for things and and then knowing where you are if you are you know just kind of hungry for attention and you see this happening a lot that's a great clue into something deeper probably in you and 
probably less situational about all these different people and more about something in your own heart. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it just is the other person and you like them and it's an invitation to to think through what you want to do with that. And if if this is a space that you're willing to risk a friendship by having an awkward conversation, the hope is really that if you risk it and have the conversation, the other person can be mature. And even if they're not interested back, they can hold that space for you and say, like, thank you for sharing this with me. And you can return to a friendship when you're able um, yeah. So I hope that people can practice being honest with what they want mm. and and to you know risk sometimes and to be open that like whatever is real is already real. So if they like you, they already like you, and if they don't, they already don't. And right. having that information can be really helpful to to move forward in life and to take the next steps that are necessary to either heal or maybe start dating yeah 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 and i i love that and i i think if i'm thinking you know closing thoughts for for me i think um one big one is just like friendship is sufficient friendship Mm -hmm. is great um friendship isn't uh isn't like lesser than dating by any means um and yeah like I think it's a beautiful freaking amazing beautiful thing to have friends and um gosh uh, my life my life would be horrible without my friends like it's that simple and um and so I don't I want to like break down any any belief that we might have that like friendship is just like a holding period for a relationship like that's that's pretty screwed up and um, and instead, our friendships are like such amazing, amazing, amazing mm-hmm. things that like we get to cherish. And friendship is actually sufficient. Like friendship is actually sufficient for life and uh, and for the connection that we need. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think that's true because uh, one of the ways I think about friendship or friends is that like friends are like the family I get to choose. Mm-hmm. And. <laughs> really um, good. And like if if I get to choose my family, like boom, I'm, I get to stack it up with like my favorite people who I have their back, they have my back. We're on each other's team through thick and thin. We have a purpose beyond ourselves that's compelling for us. Uh, we get to be deeply emotionally open and vulnerable mm-hmm. with one another, and um, and we get to rely on each other mm-hmm. in such cool ways. So. Friends of the family you choose, and uh, and that's totally sufficient for like an awesome mm-hmm. life. Hmm. Love it. Love it. So good. Well, um, so so I guess that's uh that's it for this episode. Wrap. Yeah, I I would encourage people. I think this is one of those topics that that you might have more questions or something stuck with you, and maybe we didn't like complete an answer fully. There have been times that people email us or, you know, Facebook us with more questions. And I think this is one of those topics where I could see that, like, people might have more more that they want to know. And feel free to reach out and ask. Mm-hmm. Yes. Sounds great. Cool. Well, um, 
yeah we're excited to hear your questions or your thoughts so much love to you candace excited for you and uh gosh big stuff <laughs> happening in your life so thanks thrilled for that and um yeah and we'll uh we're available so uh reach out to us facebook instagram uh or datology.org um we would love also supporters on patreon as we're uh trying to get enough cash in our bank to pay for a sound editor for the show because we honestly don't have it right now but we wish (laughs) that we did and uh so that we could consistently make these episodes um so yeah but uh be blessed everyone we care about you and uh we hope that this has served you yeah thanks bye